0: Hello, hello, hey up, what's up, what's good, que cosa succede? ni hao, welcome to the Any Given Runway show, I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green, Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world, everyone has a story, each person is a scholar, we have a brilliant show for you today as we continue our conversation with our amazing guest Luke Kenyon, the first half of our conversation was featured on episode 382. Today we continue our travel talks, but focusing more on what Luke admires most about the uncertainty that comes with travel and how it's a bit like the thrill of gambling. We also spent a majority of the episode with some rapid fire questions with the first answers that come to his mind. The first half of our conversation was that previous episode 382, and we continue on our conversation with Luke Kenyon here on episode 383. So let's go ahead and bring on world traveler Luke Kenyon and let's learn. Because
1: we in in Melbourne, where we were where I live, we were we were in the world's longest lockdown during the COVID. Right? There's been numerous different lockdowns. In, in, where I was, we were in lockdown for over six months straight. We've now come out of it, which is great. But compared to the rest of the world, you guys come in and out of lockdowns. And what it's taught me is I can sit around and do nothing if I want to. <laughs> I <know laughs> and so nice. six months of just. I painted, I collected, I'm i gardening now, I've now got a little garden, um, I'm collecting succulents, so I've found these skills and little passions of mine that I never realized I did. Um, that's from a personal perspective. Yeah. And the other thing is, like I, like I touched on before, is Australia has everything that you need as well, which is good. This feels like a bit of an Australian travel podcast now. Um,
0: sign me up, sign me up, I'll listen twice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, that's taught me that our own backyard and we've got everything we need. And as in Australia, we are very self-sufficient as well. We've got everything we need in our own country, which is great as well.
0: When it comes to travel for me, one of the things I love most is the uncertainty. Uncertainty in so many ways has a negative connotation. People want things. They want to know the answers. You always want to know how long, how far. Humans are naturally curious, but also naturally not patient. Like you said, they're impatient, always looking. I love the uncertainty. And I love that travel brings education, it brings adventure, but it also brings opportunity. What about you? What do you feel you appreciate and respect most about the uncertain aspects that come with travel? Knowing that across that horizon, who the heck knows what's over there?
1: I I, I love taking risks. <laughs> um, that's for me. And you're right, travel is like that. So sometimes, I know I said earlier that I'm a planner. I do a lot of spreadsheets. But it's often a lot of times I don't plan anything. I'll just rock up to somewhere and just just go for a walk. I don't know what's around the corner. And, and I do a lot of walking. I do an average of 20 k's a day when I'm traveling. Um, I, I don't mind, like I don't mind a bit of, I don't mind gambling, right? Like a bit of sports gambling occasionally. And that's like the same thrill as traveling sometimes. You're betting on something and you don't know the outcome. Um, you could lose, you could win, but calculated risks are the best. And so you go, know, you know what? I'm not gonna die from this, but let's just see what happens. So if someone says something to me, I'm going to say yes. Just don't say no. Um, And don't let people change your mind. So many people say to me when I booked like North Korea or Bangladesh, going, don't go, don't go, don't go. I'm like, no. Don't don't listen to those people. You've just got to say yes and go with your heart. Um, Probably didn't answer your question there a little bit. I think it um, answered
0: it completely. I think it was a terrific answer. I want to ask you some fast-paced questions here. I don't want you to think about I want you to, it's the first thing that comes to mind. Country with the best food.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Uh, where do we
0: begin? Where we... I'm
1: good on that now. Yeah. Um, Mexico.
0: Okay. Country with the best beer. Uh, has to be Belgium. Country with the best outdoors.
1: Oh, Oh, I'm going to say Australia, based yeah. on my experiences in the last little while. I just
0: think that we've got everything. Okay. I love the answer, respect the answer, but outside of Australia, second best country with the outdoors. Uh, I'm going to say the US,
1: because okay. I've been there a few times, I've got a lot of, yeah, I enjoyed all the outdoors and the wilderness, and just especially how you guys are at the forefront of national parks. So you guys started the first ever national park, and I think you guys are doing, doing well.
0: Tourist trap that's worth it.
1: Oh good. I like the question because I hate tourist traps and I try to avoid them. Um I have to say Venice. I think I've been to Venice a couple of times now and it's, it's the insane. biggest tourist trap of all time and and it's just but I loved it. I really do love it. And what you do is you go to Venice and you stay there after dark and then all the tourists go home and then you get it to yourself. Yeah. But you have gotta go there during the day as well, and just all the tour- all the tourists there makes it as well.
0: The most frustrated I've ever been traveling, though, was in Venice after hours at night because it's so dang easy to get lost. (laughs) Oh, I got so lost. I got so lost. City, I know that you're an outdoors guy, but city, you most fell in love with?
1: New York. New York. Yeah, love New York. Absolutely loved it. I was there for 10 days, and I was only going to be there for five days. Stayed there for 10. Loved it. I I am actually a city guy as well. I live in a city. I live in an apartment in the city. I love the, the, the hustle, the vibe, the food, the, 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 just the diversity of people as well. Um, loved it. like it. One of the highlights that I did in New York was running around Central Park. I had a dream ever since I was a kid to run Central Park and yeah.
0: did it. That's an incredible dream. I'm glad that you're able to do that because I remember when I was there too, it's like, let me at least get through this, get a little jog in. Even though I had the wrong shoes on, it's like I, you just felt the urge, the need to do so as well. Not tourist trap, but location, like monumental location. That when you saw it, you had to look to the person on your left and right and say, are, are we really here? I can't believe I'm seeing this. It has to be the pyramids okay. in uh, Egypt. all right.
1: So I know you said short questions, but this no, one no, is, no, this is great. a big question. That I had a bit of drama getting to Egypt.
0: Oh, um, when, If I can interrupt you real quick, when were you there?
1: Oh, I was there one year after the
0: revolution. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, have, a, I, I have a comment. That. Yeah, that's a big I was thing. there
1: one year on the anniversary.
0: Oh, and my goodness. I
1: was literally the only tourist in the city, and I had no idea that this was the anniversary.
0: Exactly. Oh, so,
1: And I remember I was walking down the street at one stage, and there's riot police everywhere. There's people throwing rocks. And the cop comes up to me going, what are you doing? I'm said, just walking to the pyramid, walking down the shops, I'm sorry. He's like, you should not be here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> I went to Egypt and everyone said to me, the pyramids are the biggest letdown out there. They said, it's, you get there, there's rubbish, there's people. But because I went on the one-year anniversary of the revolution and I got up, got up early, got a, got a hotel across the road, I was the first person at 7.30 in the morning, whatever it is, yeah. to get to the pyramid location and I had the whole place to myself. I was the first person there. I got a a camel, did the whole camel thing. And I just was blown away. I was there on a good day. There was no pollution. There was no smog. There was no garbage. There was no wind. And I just was blown away Hmm. um, by the scale. And I was just like, my mouth was dropped. Um, But also I had no clothes. My bags got lost in the transit and I had no clothes for three, four days. So I was in the same clothes, I was stinking, um, but it was just an amazing experience. And I've got a photo, a couple of photos in my bedroom from the pyramids. So I loved it that
0: much. I was there in December and whew, a whirlwind of, of emotion therapy. I would go back. I would definitely go back. Like you, I believe there's beauty in every place. Now, there's a lot of beauty of it, but that was a, a frustrating trip for me.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's so funny because, yeah, I've heard such similar stories from people. And I went there with a very much a glass half empty kind of mentality. And I walked out with being the biggest Egypt convert ever. I'm like, you've got to go to Egypt. Okay. Um, and I went to a lot of places like Mount Sinai oh. where people say, don't go there, don't go there. It's dangerous. And yes, it was a little bit dangerous and checkpoints and stuff i thought it was one of the most magical things i ever did because there, i'm not i'm not very religious but i've studied a lot of religion and just going to and i climbed up mount sinai um overnight to get there for the sunrise wow. and you've got three fractions of groups there you've got the muslims you've got the christians and you've got the um jewish the israelis and they all have it's all symbolic in their religion and then you realize that we all went up separately in these separate tour groups different buses. But as the sun arised, you had all three groups, all hugging, and like the, it's a new day. And for me, that was just magical. And everyone's drinking beer and whiskey. But then when the sun rose, everyone went back in the separate groups. But that for me was just a magical experience in Egypt that I just have this great fond memory of it.
0: Yeah. And when I was there, people were messaging me just saying, you're in Egypt. It's my favorite country. So many people were. And it was, it, it was a weird time. It was COVID. Everything was shut down. Yeah, you're right. The pyramids are are something. When you see them, it's like can't believe it's right there. I do. I was surprised how small the Sphinx was. Yes, yes, I, I knew that. I think beforehand it was pretty small. How about not country, but traveling trip in which you made the biggest blunder? Broke my leg once. <laughs> Where was that? Um, it
1: was in Israel. In wow. Israel. So pretty, it, I remember this. This is probably seven maybe six years ago, and this is when Europe went through a massive cold snap, and there's a huge, everything was just snowing and so forth. But I never realised Israel got snow, <laughs> funny enough. And so I got to Jerusalem, and it was full of like probably one to two, about a metre worth of snow. And I was like, what? Yeah. This was never in the Bible, was it? I never realised Jesus walked around in snowshoes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway well the snow settled after a while but then it turned to ice um, and here I am walking like similar to your story in uh, Venice I'm walking around the old city by myself because I wanted to get to the wailing the whaling wall yeah night time they have lights to shut it up and I wanted to get a photo of that but I got completely lost in the old town and I basically walking up some stairs I realized that no it's the wrong direction I turned around but my body turned, but my foot didn't Mm. to the ice. And next thing I heard these three big snaps, like snap, 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 and I'm a very persistent guy. And I, like I said before, I never let anything stop me. I don't let people say no to me. And I went, no, I've just, I've just rolled my ankle. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I kept on walking and I was in a lot of pain. I walked, then I realized maybe I should walk back to the hostel, walk back to the hostel, woke up the next day. And I had a, like a tennis ball on my leg and i went. I think that's broken. I went to the, the doctors. He put a temporary cast on it. And you need to go to the hospital. Yada, yada, yada. I went to the specialist. It was broken. They put me on a cast. And the doctor said to me, you're going to have to go home. And I went, no, 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 no. I've still got two more weeks of a holiday left. I'm traveling still. Nothing's going to say no, to me. He was only going to give me—he was only meant to give me a half cast because I said to him, "I'm still going to travel." He gave me a full leg cast all the way up to my, to my groin, and he made it extra heavy. He says, "I've made it extra heavy and up there, so you don't—you have to stop travelling. Yeah. For the next two days, I still travelled on it. I said, "No, stop it." I went to Bethlehem. I went to the West Bank, a bit of that. But then I realised it was too pretty uncomfortable. So unfortunately, it did win, and I had to fly home um then i had to have two like to to his credit i had to have two surgeries and i've got pins in my leg still for it a mm-hmm. that's a good little souvenir but i story. went back a year later and finished the trip yeah and that determined that i never let these kind of things stop me and that way you know what saying the leg may have stopped the trip early but i'm going to finish the trip so i went back a year later and finished it
0: fantastic traveling photo that you've taken that you would choose if you could only have one picture on your phone lock screen indefinitely
1: Uh, I've still got the same photo of mine and it's a photo for the Philippines. I got that from about five years ago and it's just me and it's me on a a cliff that you could jump off and it's just me looking out to the, to nothing. Um, I love it.
0: Similar question then. If there was one day that you would have to relive traveling as a groundhog's day type of thing, you have to relive it every day. That would be what?
1: All oh, right, that's, that's the toughest question you've to asked today. <laughs> <laughs> that's the toughest question. Um, wow. Um, a couple of things that come to my mind right away is that Egypt, that that that, uh, that night, climbing yeah. up the hill to the Mount Sinai, watching the sunrise was awesome. Me climbing to the top of a mountain in Nepal um, with no tour guide. They said that you have to have a tour guide. Me and my mates did it with no tour guide, and it was just breathtaking. Um. There's a time when I was in um, the US and I was travelling with my mum, uh, just going to these microbreweries in um, Portland. That was just a great day. Um, but I'm going to have to say the Egypt one. I just felt that was really good, seeing that the Muslims, the, the, the Israelis yeah. and the Christians all getting together, saying that we're the one people. We're all at the same light and we're celebrating life. Yeah. It doesn't matter. For me, that was uh, the hairs on, the, on my arms always rise rise up for that. Yeah. And the gorilla. And the gorillas was pretty high up as well. But I'm going to say the Egypt.
0: Favorite sporting event?
1: I'm a massive Australian rules football uh, fan. Um, a lot of people don't understand it outside of Australia, but I go to all the games for my, for my, uh, for my club. My club. Didn't do too well for about, for about 10, 10, 15 years. They're called Hawthorn Hawks. Okay. Um, and they won four premierships in about sort of, sort of six, seven years. And so I attended all of those with 100,000 people in, the, in my home ground in Melbourne. That was just amazing. Uh, especially the first one in 2008, we were the underdogs. We shouldn't have even been there. And we beat them by a fair bit. And that was just a a moment that I love. So another sporting event that comes to my mind was the 2002 British Grand Prix, Formula One Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. I I love my sporting events. And basically, I had no money. Living in London, I had no money. I wanted to go see it. I found an event, uh, uh, an ad in a paper saying, come work at the event, we'll give you free transfers over there, you work in a bar, and you get free accommodation. And I went, this is awesome. I'm gonna go get paid and watch this. Got on the bus, got out there, and they basically said to us, you will not be watching the race. We (laughs) need you guys all to work the whole time. And it's a three day event. I did the first day, did the second day. But the third day, I went, you know what, stuff it. If I get busted and I have to hitchhike home, who cares? So at about 11 o'clock, 11.30, before the main rush for lunch and the race starts, I just disappeared, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I ran away. And because I had an all access pass, I I just snuck up to the pit lane right there and just sat there. I watched the whole race in the best seats. I came back to my post only three, four hours later and no one had ever realized I was missing. So I got away with it. Wow. I got paid for three days. I got to watch the Formula One. I got the best in the house. And for me, that was awesome.
0: Oh, I see you working that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Last one, last one. Most memorable adventure slash activity that you did. And I'm going to exclude hiking. I'm going to exclude jogging. Something that was specific to a region that you went to or adventure on the water or something. Easy. Okay.
1: It's fairly easy, this one. So... I had a friend of mine who unfortunately is no longer with us um, suffering from cancer. And so he only died recently about a year or two ago, but he had an idea that we should go to India together. And so there's about six of us that went to India and we had this crazy idea that we we'll would do this thing called the rickshaw rally. Mm-hmm. The rickshaw rally is a thing where you basically get a rickshaw or a tuk-tuk as some people call it, and you drive it across India. And that's what we did. We started the very, very south of India and we took this tuk-tuk all the way up to Mumbai. Um, no, it was Gola, sorry, not Mumbai. It took six, seven days to do it. And a lot of people don't realise that Australia and India have a very close connection and it mainly comes from cricket. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> a bit of a trivia here that people don't realise, that cricket is the most watched sport in the world. Because every Indian watches it, every Pakistani watches it. And there was a
0: recently, they recently played each other. When I was in Dubai and I was walking around, people thought I was Australian. They said, hey, big match today. And I'm like,
1: correct, (laughs) correct, correct, correct. And so the biggest match was the World Cup, which was only about a couple of years ago. And Australia beat India in the World Cup final. So we were the champions. We went to India two weeks later And what we did was, we decked out our rickshaw in Australian colours. Love it, love it. And so, every, and we also wore all the Australian jerseys and tops. And so, the whole time we're driving these rickshaws through India, they kept on pulling us over thinking we were Australian cricket players. Yeah. (laughs) And so, we were like celebrities over there for a week. Um, Everyone loved it. But the best thing was, is that we raised $15,000 for our charity, for my my mate's uh, cancer count. Cancer charity. So we did it with purpose. We had a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it was one of his last holidays that he ever did. But he had an amazing time with his best mates. And it was a really good to share that with him.
0: Luke, your stories just continue to amaze me. Gosh, I, I love all your stories. It seems like they continue to get better and better. And I know you're holding out on me. I know you got some other great ones that I, I can't wait to hear. But how can people yeah. stay up to date with your life and your travels? And how can they follow you?
1: Yeah, probably the best way is through my Instagram. My Instagram handle is the World. Um, Luke dot travels dot dot world. Um, I'll put all my stories and my my photos up there. Uh, yeah, and if anyone wants to DM me and ask me any questions, i I definitely I always respond back to everybody. Something I like I like I like to do is give back. That's why I do a lot of TripAdvisor reviews and Google reviews as well.
0: So, in an idyllic utopic situation, what's next on the list?
1: So, since COVID, something's happened. I got a girlfriend now, um, <laughs> so things are certainly down really nicely with her, and uh, she's Irish. So, and she hasn't seen home for a couple of years. So, we're planning to go to Ireland and Europe, hopefully this this um, Christmas if we can. Um, so, so that would be great to go see her home country, her country, and see her part of the world. And then I'm hoping to do maybe the Northern Lights or something. Mm. Go out to Norway or Iceland, and I love to stay in one of those um, igloos for a nights. Yeah. Uh, yeah that'd be amazing so that's what i'm thinking from an overseas perspective yeah probably the next trip i get a lot of feedback from people going look how do you travel so much what all this kind of stuff i'm like i work full-time i'm the same as everybody else right yeah. people always use excuses they can't trouble and i just want to set an example for people and the listeners that you can still work a full-time job and still see the world mm-hmm. and i'm the prime example like you just maximize your annual leave Don't sit around in a hotel room doing nothing. Just get out there. Um, And so that's how I think a lot of people follow me is just because I try to be inspirational in that way. Um, But, yeah, just never say no. Just keep on saying yes. And travel alone. I do most of my traveling alone. And Mm. don't be afraid. There's, There's always other travelers out there to help you as well.
0: Oh, man. This has been so cool, man. I could chat with you all day. I love talking to other travelers just because of the mentality, the philosophy on life. But also just all the stories and that's the most important thing right it's the most important thing is the stories
1: yep and um I, most of my instagram i've only started using instagram two or three years ago so most of my stuff's not even on there mm. like i've got all my stuff on facebook so if you want i can add you on facebook and i've got sure. all my albums of all my holidays on there if you want to get any inspiration from that
0: i hope to, to have a beer with you at some point in the world somewhere
1: I love my beer. I <laughs> drink too much beer. Um, I'm is, to, a- I'm, I'm doing a marathon in about two months' time, and I'm, I've, I've got to cut out beer. It's, it's slowing me
0: down. Well, it's it's funny how beer goes hand in hand with marathons. I know the last half marathon that I did, they were giving beer out along the way, and at first <laughs> I was like, at first I was like, I got to hit my time, I got to hit my time, and it started raining, so my time was slow. So I'm just like, the hell with it, and I was drinking beer along the way as well. Oh, I can't
1: do that.
0: That. that's another uh, tactic i use when it comes to beer my number one thing for solo travel is hey what are you drinking i got the next round and i've bought so many beers for strangers over time and they always look at me weird like why why are you buying me a beer and i say because i want a beer and i don't want to drink by myself i do something similar as
1: well like ideally you'll buy if we're in a group situation and we're at a bar i'll go oh i'll get a bar. everyone a drink and that way brings the group together and then you got something to talk about and generally speaking if you buy some a beer for somebody Give you someone back, they feel like they have, and so then you created Yeah, You've
0: got a friend for the next hour. We're one and the same on that. Uh, this was so much fun, this is so much fun, Luke. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Luke. Wasn't he just absolutely brilliant? He's one of the greatest people that I've ever met, and I look forward to the day that we can share old travel stories and create some new ones together. Looking forward to having him back on the show soon talk more about his solo travels but be sure to give him a follow on instagram luke.travels.the.world my new book curiosity is currently available on amazon curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious featuring 200 episodes from the any given runway show curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes adventurers and performers from daring voyages across the atlantic to unforgettable performances in the west end Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.